0: But that, again, drama, theater, they're not exactly the same. You know, I I, I heard, I don't, well, I don't know if it's true, but I'm going to say something, and I'm sure somebody might say that's not true. But I I, I heard this, I heard this story that drama in Greek means to do. (laughs) I'm going to go with that. And theater comes from the Greek word theatron which is a place of viewing.
1: Mm-hmm. Somebody check that.
0: Fact check, fact check. Well,
1: we don't fact check, check. <laughs>
0: no, no. I will try. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was our guest, Richard Silberg, speaking. And we did fact check that. Mm-hmm.
2: And Richard is right. The word mm. teatron in Greek means place of viewing, while the word drama means act or deed from the word for I do, drao doing something, an action. Nice.
1: So that plunges us directly into our topic for today, drama in the English language classroom.
2: Yes, but before we dive in with our guest, Richard, just a quick,
1: awkward moment. Mm-hmm. We are still asking for donations, friends. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, awkward. It's our fall donation drive, listeners. If you can spare a little change, we'd be super grateful if you went to the support us part of our website,
2: com slash
1: support dash us, where you can choose to donate whatever you can from a one time $5 donation to merchandise to ongoing monthly contributions.
2: And if you can't spare the change now, please share an episode with your friends and <laughs> colleagues. Your support goes a long way. Yes.
1: Okay, Anna. On with the episode. On
2: with the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Teacher Think Aloud podcast, a podcast for reflective practice for teachers of English around the world. I'm your co host, Anna.
1: And I'm Shay. Enter Richard.
0: My name is Richard, Richard Silberg. I go by he. I'm kind of re- semi-retired, I guess you would say, although I feel like I've been extraordinarily busy. Uh, right now I'm subbing for uh, a class at an adult ed program in San Francisco that is designed for students on uh, visas that they have to study English uh, while here. And I did a four-and-a-half-hour live class on Monday, which was great. And then I did a four and a half hour Zoom class last night, which was exhausting. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) yeah this
2: is this is not retirement (laughs) no Uh, not not yet not
0: yet uh and uh in uh i've done some work with
1: he was recently in in albania teaching uh, afghan refugees teenagers Mm
2: -hmm. he was also a full-time middle school teacher and taught not just ell but
1: also drama we even discovered he taught math at some point
2: and not to mention, he was an English language fellow
1: in Cambodia,
2: where he trained pre-service middle school teachers. And he was an English language specialist teaching in Timor-Leste. Teaching
0: chess, teaching juggling. Just, <laughs> it, was, it was intriguing.
1: <laughs> wow. I did, I've done yeah. a lot. Yeah. I, in, in my <laughs> no <education>. kidding. <laughs> and as usual with our guests, we decided to throw him an icebreaker and see how he would react.
2: Take a look at your phone. Yeah. And... Describe the first picture on your camera roll.
1: Oh. Okay,
2: so I go to
0: photos. <laughs> Is that uh-huh. the first like, the
2: first one not if the one it's appropriate first... for the air. mean the, I mean, the,
0: the most earliest? recent, right? Oh, the most recent. Most
2: recent. recent? Oh, yeah. The very most recent.
0: So, uh This was after after my Zoom class last night. Uh, hmm. I port. I made myself uh, my favorite drink, and oh. because it was the class was in the evening and it ended. Mm-hmm. It was from two to six thirty, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I poured myself a Negroni, a mezcal Negroni,
1: mm-hmm. with
0: uh, with my new latest uh, recipe that I've made up. It includes wow. it includes um, Spanish sherry, mm.
1: amontillado.
0: So mm-hmm. instead of a sweet sort of Vermouth you use that and it's oh it's great. Anyway, that's my last. Uh, that's
1: nice. That's a good one. I will say Anna as a side note, I've tried that cocktail Richard's describing right now and oh. it's he's a dangerous mixologist. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, you just need one, wow. really. <laughs> so I've heard uh, yeah, yeah. You and just honestly need one. you're
2: yeah. you're in the right place Richard because I think we've referenced alcoholic drinks several times on this podcast we asked
1: him to share his negroni recipe with us you can find it in the show notes listeners
2: priorities everyone
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) enough about cocktails
2: seems like a fun guy to hang out with
1: oh yes so plunging into the purpose of this episode we then asked him how he got into drama, especially how he started using it in the English language classroom. But
0: how I came to it is for me an interesting story because I entered <laughs> drama through the gateway drug of storytelling. My intent when I was starting to teach in 1980 was to be an elementary teacher. and. I remember my student teaching, it was in a uh, kindergarten and reading storybooks and telling stories. And then I had a two year gig working in a science education museum and every other Sunday I would tell nature stories oh. in the library, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. And then I was I was a river rafting guide and it's expected that you're going to be a storyteller at the campfire. Mm-hmm. So I love storytelling and would do it that way. And there was one day, I remember I was reading a story or telling a story to my sixth grade class, and this girl came up to me at the end of class and said, you know, you should be an actor. You have a really good voice. And I thought, well, that's a really good idea. (laughs) How do you do that? So a couple of days later, I saw a poster back in the day, posters on telephone poles. And it said a new theater company starting in Berkeley, California, mm-hmm. called to audition. So I pulled off the number and called it up. And I told the guy who was a director, you know, I've never acted before, but I'm interested. And he said, well, yeah, come in and do an audition. And I had to say, well, how do you do an audition? <laughs> <laughs> and so he told me, get two little pieces that might interest you, look through some plays and go ahead and do it and i did it i just wanted to see if i had the courage to do it and then i would take an acting class well i had the courage and i had a great time and then he cast me as a lead wow no <laughs> and, and this that was escalated uh, 35, quickly yeah 35 years ago it escalated quickly yeah, yeah i got so immersed in it with this theater company this theater company is actually one of the bigger theater companies in the bay area right now it's an equity company mm-hmm. but i was in their first play and i stayed with them for 10 years wow. and that's where i was getting my acting training but i was teaching full-time mm-hmm. and I, my principal noticed that i was really frazzled and i hmm. wh- he Over said I had, I, yeah he said why, why why don't you start a drama program at our school. I said, huh, that's an interesting idea. He said, then you could do both, Hmm. right? So I transitioned to teaching drama while being an actor. Over time, I realized that I had both these dual loves, theater Mm -hmm. and teaching ESL. I stopped acting (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then just married those two and developed an English through drama program at my school, which just became a a passion project Mm -hmm. for me for the rest of my career wow, and still is because I'm a real proponent of it as a way of not just teaching, but experiencing language.
2: Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's the perfect transition to our next question, which is, you know, why use drama in the English language classroom? You said you're a proponent of it. What makes you a proponent of it?
0: Well, you know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking that the fundamental thing in theater, In drama whether it's film television a play whatever form it takes is about relationship Mm. it's not about the words it's about the relationship between you your environment you a scene partner you and yourself it's relationship and the desire to communicate something to someone to achieve something So, yeah, you yeah. know, actors reduce it to these things called objectives or wants, like, I want, I want to convince you, mm-hmm. I want to seduce you, I want to embarrass you, I want to humiliate you. Whatever your want is, then the words just fit it, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think our, if our fundamental job as language educators is to help our students communicate what they want to communicate, whether it's to travel or to become an academic... We help them with that. And I think drama does that intrinsically without having to force it. I don't think of drama as just doing role plays, which have their place, mm-hmm. but I, I have a much broader canvas of what drama means mm-hmm. in the class. That's classroom. a really
2: good point. You know, I love that that lines up with this idea of rhetorical purpose in language. Mm-hmm. This made me think of how when teaching language, we're thinking about function over form, trying to create a connection for learners so they see how language can help them reach a certain outcome, achieve their communicative goals.
1: Yeah, and I also was really curious about what Richard said about drama not just being role plays. Yeah. I'll admit my attempts to bring drama into the classroom have relied heavily on role play.
2: (laughs) I mean, role plays are really great learning tools, Mm -hmm. great ways to stimulate communicative functions.
1: Yeah, I've done a lot with what I'll refer to as amped up role plays, oh. even, <laughs> even though that sounds kind of cheesy. Instead of placing the focus on the actors in the scene, I'll incorporate audience members to take on more of an active role. I'll give them a chance to determine communicative paths for the actors, a sort of choose your own adventure, if you will, mm-hmm. dictating elements of the scene and how things play out. I think that it makes the process interactive for all students and Mm. removes a bit of the pressure to perform that the actors might feel.
2: Nice. Mm. I I love that extra layer you've created there. Thank you. I've also used role plays a lot, especially for business English courses. Mm. There are so many great scenarios to use for that. But coming back to
1: what Richard said beyond the role play. So take us beyond this idea of, you know, when, when teachers think of integrating drama into the classroom, the first stop, I think, is role play. Exactly. So take us beyond that. Okay. What are some of your go-to strategies?
0: Well, the, the basic building block for me is the tableau. So the tableau is just a fancy word for a frozen picture. It could okay. be like, this is a tableau of fear. I'm holding my hands up. You know, you can create that alone. But if you remember what I said earlier, the most important element of drama is relationship. So if I'm doing this, if you could see me on this podcast, I would be holding my hands up in a very cliched look of fear. Then I might Mm -hmm. ask another student to come up and do something in relationship to that. So Mm -hmm. for me, the very first building block is not with words, but with our bodies. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm a very physically based Uh, Teacher, partially because my acting training that I did was very physically based, so I'm most comfortable in it. And also it's it's Mm -hmm. a way of allowing students who are not yet ready, who are on the receptive stage or very shy with language, to, to participate fully. And they may be participating even in a better way than those that are very grammar oriented. So I, I have a variety of activities that help my students learn how to make effective tableaus. You know, there's some techniques mm-hmm. that work with it. And also what's great about the tableau is you don't need a theater space. You can just do it if, even if you have desks that are nailed to the mm-hmm. dirt floor. Because I did this in Cambodia in classes of 60 mm-hmm. with, uh, with those old... Desks that can't be moved, and we could find some space in the front of the room to have five students in tableau, or students can make tableaus at their desks. Uh, in, a, in an ideal universe, there's, you know, I created a really cool drama space where you know, kids can move around and stuff, but it can be done in small spaces as well. So that's my my first thing is because then the Tableau can build for things that are essential for first, like if you're doing introductory class for newcomer students who are brand new to the language, or you can use Tableaus with advanced students as well, and I've done both. So let's say your students are studying literature, you know, so advanced level, so you can create a slideshow a human slideshow of the main ideas of a story a mm. poem a novel mm-hmm. a, an article we created a tableau of an article my students were studying world war 1 and we read an article about food in world war 1
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we created a human slideshow to show that, mm-hmm. then you yeah. could, and then you can add language. Not can't, you can, you do add language to it over time. I have this thing, it's called a ripple, where you take the tableau, and let's say you read an article about graffiti, and the students are, or the actors, performers, have a tableau of somebody doing graffiti, and maybe somebody doing the lookout, and maybe a passerby, they're frozen. Then one at a time, they turn and face the audience, And you can either scaffold it extremely, where they say, at this moment, my character is experiencing, or at this moment, my character is doing, at this moment, my character is thinking, whatever you feel is part of your language objectives. So it it can match your language objectives. Uh, Or if your language objectives are a one-paragraph essay or more sophisticated writing, that's what they could speak. And then they mm-hmm. turn back to that tableau, and another character faces out and speaks. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm getting at is with the tableau, you can go as deep as you want, or you can keep it at the beginning level. And that's why I think it is the basic building block for me, and I would recommend it
1: mm-hmm.
0: for teachers. You can do it for vocabulary. Create a five-person tableau that shows the word imagination. Mm-hmm. Students break up mm-hmm. into the group of five, and they have to negotiate, about, well, what does that look like? How do we, I mean, you start off with the concrete, create a tableau of a chair, create a tableau of a bridge, create a tableau of a bicycle, and then you move to the abstract and you can even move into complex Mm -hmm. language.
2: Mm, that, uh, That one actually really reminds me I guess I was using a tableau and didn't yes. realize huh. that was what it was called. Mm, good um, for you. <laughs> when I was a fellow in Armenia, I did an activity. I was teaching a narrative writing course. Mm-hmm. And for one of the in-class activities, we were talking about describing, you know, what people are doing, describing a scene. And so I gave them little strips of paper that told them a different arrangement of how they should be standing or you know reporting yeah. themselves i called it statues <laughs> it, exactly <laughs> and,
0: exactly and which then, is what i call it yeah
2: they had to first yeah. understand you know what the directions were and imitate it and then i had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their partner had to look at them and then write down what they saw and describe what they saw, oh, and then yeah. match up Perfect. as close as possible. You know, see, like, oh, well, I missed this detail, or oh, actually, that wasn't exactly the right word for what they were doing. And they had a blast. Right. It was awkward initially, but they had a blast. Yes, in the end. it is
0: awkward initially. Uh, <laughs> all of it's awkward initially. And in that, but, but what you described to me is drama. That's why I feel like I have a much broader canvas of what does drama mean, uh, Mm -hmm. because they're Mm -hmm. communicating through their body something.
1: So, Anna, you've been hiding the fact that you already use drama in the classroom. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I guess I didn't
2: realize I was doing drama because of the way we often define Mm -hmm. drama—you know, as role plays. But Richard's expanded definition of drama makes a lot of sense to me. It actually also Mm -hmm. reminded me, and I didn't mention this while we were chatting with Richard. But it reminds me of the French improv group I was a part of briefly in college. You know, I I majored in French and I had this amazing Mm. professor, Dr. Andy McDonald. He booked out the black box theater at my college and would get a bunch of French students to do improvisational theater, act out different Mm. scenes with our bodies, but also using language. It was a really great experience and a great way to use French spontaneously. One activity I remember was he would give us a phrase like a la plage at the beach. And I remember acting out like unfurling my beach towel, putting on sunscreen, and the others had to guess what I was doing. And also, he taught us about the yes and rule for improv theater. I remember acting out a scene where one guy said, okay, what are we going to do about this cadaver? (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and you, dark, you really can't say you can't go in another direction. You just have to continue with yes and uh-huh. and so uh-huh. after acting out a whole scene where we talked about options for disposing of a dead body, I had the word cadavre burned into my brain. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> so
2: Nice, I think. Um, yeah. It sounds like no set role plays. No nope. role plays. Nope, just fusing gesture and movement with language learning. Très cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I can speak French too. No. Very nice. I love the use of improv to inspire authentic language use too. I think that it can be really useful in getting teachers to notice gaps in grammar or vocabulary. Uh, so I love that. Amazing. I
0: love that. You know, so like in my drama Class, when I was teaching it full time, uh, we have this pretty ritualized thing we do every day uh, that could be called freeze tag, but a better picture, a better phrase is complete the picture. Where two students start off ideally, this is ideal, in the middle of a circle, but it could be the front of the class. And that's one thing I would want to emphasize is that it. You know, the ideal is one thing, but it can happen anywhere. And and they're shaking hands. And you ask the class, who are they?
1: Mm-hmm. What it,
0: and you could simply like when I have a brand Make new a story. right. Mm-hmm. That's for later, but for mm-hmm. like so, I had a class of newcomers, and the language level was either really beginning basic to a little more advanced. And so, if somebody was brand new to the country. I might say, well, what, what's this? I'm going to touch that part of it. Do you know what that's called? Hand. Good. Mm-hmm. And then I might ask somebody that's a little more advanced. What are they doing? They're shaking hands. Who are they? What's the story? What happened the moment before? What's going to mm-hmm. happen next? Then tap one of them who leaves. The other person remains still in that frozen pose. And I say, who can come up? and create an image and relationship to that that changes the story. Mm-hmm. And they might think of the hand as a, it's hard not to, to uh, do what middle school students do, but what they do is they might uh, turn around and have their hands up, and it's as if the hand is a gun. Mm-hmm. And then I say, well, who are they now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's, and as you said, uh, what's the story? develop a story out of this. I mean, you could use it for narrative writing. You could use it and you can go say, okay, now sit down and write. You can do a lot of things with, mm-hmm. with that. And you keep on doing this exchange and you're constantly changing the story or completing the image to develop a new story. And that can go on forever. That's what I loved about it as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very little prep, mm-hmm. very little prep. <laughs> in yeah. fact, so having no a couple prep.
2: of those drama activities in your back pocket and just knowing the right time to use them and how far you can push with them.
1: low prep is great heck
2: yes the more activities we have in our wheelhouse the more we can pull them out spontaneously as fits the needs of our students
1: something i was also thinking about while richard was talking were the cross-cultural implications of using drama in the classroom i'm just i'm i'm sort of caught in in the part of you know students shaking hands right like a really simple example of of that something that's really common for us but how that would be perceived differently from different cultural backgrounds right so you can start to kind of pull out uh, you know the the reactions, and you know what what students say is happening in that tableau, and analyze it from you know a cross cultural lens. Exactly,
0: and that was the yeah. big advantage I had in my class here in Berkeley because there were there was no one country students were from. Oh. There were sixteen different languages nice. in my class, yeah. and so there was uh, you get that you know just implied in it, uh, mm-hmm. and then of course if you do it in another country where uh, it's going to be perceived differently.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. I did a lot of drama stuff in the work I was doing with the Afghan students in Albania this this spring. Uh, we did tableau. We did uh, we did the human slideshow of a story I told, and it was amazing uh, how well they showed their understanding through their bodies mm. because they didn't yet have the language to say oh i know what the main idea of this story is it's about a monkey and who likes this honey and blah 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 but they could show it i think where it releases you as a teacher is realizing if students aren't speaking some teachers interpret it as they don't understand i have to do it again or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. whereas indeed if you if they can show it mm-hmm. then they then you know they have the comprehension. And then, then you can help them develop the language to communicate what they communicated with their bodies already.
2: Yeah. I I love that you have kind of painted a picture of how you can use this on the, on a spectrum from very true beginner to advanced. I, I love that you're, that, that is really incorporated into um, what you're saying right. about drama. And, and
0: it just reminds me of one thing I did do on Zoom yesterday with these adult learners. Mm. And they did pretty well with it. I, we played a game. So what I'm doing is I'm holding a bandana, and I'm saying, this is not a bandana. And I can actually show it to the screen and make a movement and say, this is a snake. Well, with more advanced students, we what we then did is people in the Zoom, uh, they either chatted it or shouted it. I can't remember. What, what color is the snake? What is the snake doing? And suddenly, wow, you have so much more language. Mm. Uh, why is the snake doing it? Well, the more basic student can just say, this is a snake. A more mm-hmm. advanced student, might, we might suggest that they add a- adjectives. They might add action. They might add a conflict. They can add a story. So mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. do the same activity, and everybody has a different access point
2: yeah and and I, I can imagine that you know it might take some time initially for them to warm to the idea of doing an activity that is not so traditional in their eyes. But I do think that these kinds of activities really help let their guard down, mm-hmm. right. So the effective filter goes down and they're really open to learning. They're having fun. I mean, when right. you're having fun, you learn right. Mm-hmm. I think
0: you're I think you're right, and I think you hit on something that is challenging with everything we do as teachers is um, often the first time trying a new strategy, whether, forget about drama. I could be a writing strategy. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: It's clunky. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Or uh, I've often had this idea that anything is effective if you do it as a routine. <laughs>
2: mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, even a grammar based kind of thing that those of us into communicative teaching poo-poo, It's effective if 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 students are using Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, you know what I encourage people to do is to you know take take a look at my website or some books that I recommend, Mm -hmm. find an activity that they like and do it more than once Mm -hmm. though, Mm -hmm. do it over and over. over I remember
1: Anna and I had an an episode about routine. Uh, It was called Mm -hmm. "Keep It Simple, Stupid," and you know we're always (laughs) (laughs) kind of mean, but we're we're thinking about you know learner engagement and a lot of time teachers Mm -hmm. feel. Like, they have to, you know, be performative. We have to do all of these new things to engage students. But routine, I think, is ultimately what gets that deeper buy-in than just throwing it at once, right? That's episode 10, everybody. Check it out.
2: So I guess, I mean, this almost... You've almost kind of answered this question implicitly of, you know, how do you, if you have a particularly shy or introverted student, how do you engage them? Do you want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, it's a great
0: question. And I I actually have thought through this. This was asked to me very clearly by the woman that I am, the teacher that I am uh, currently mentoring, I guess, Mm -hmm. or advising. Uh, What I think is this is, where time comes in. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think uh, your comments about routines is if you Mm -hmm. keep it simple and keep the routine the same. So let's take that freeze tag Mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. I'd always have the same routine. And over time, it might be a week, it might be two weeks, it might be three weeks, students will engage. They will. And to make them engage, it's that whole you have to buy into it yourself is you have to find a way for that shy student to participate in a way right from the beginning so that's why I might ask the student I might be very close to them just tell me the name of the of like uh, the the body mm-hmm. part that that is touching right now mm-hmm. and i say that's right mm-hmm. that's right shay it's mm-hmm. the hand well done perfect perfect thanks for mm-hmm. participating so you give you find, just like everything else, we find entry points, we scaffold. It's no different than anything else we know. Mm-hmm. And over time, there's a gradual release of responsibility to where the students uh, mm-hmm. almost take over that. And also mm-hmm. um, group mm-hmm. work rather than performative work. Sometimes students just get into groups and do grade five, uh, great tableaus, and they're they're doing it with Uh others, Mm -hmm. not in front of the class. I was actually going to
1: say, would you recommend that Mm -hmm. teachers allow students to do any of these activities, you know, in corners of the room, maybe not in front, you know, not performing on a stage,
0: right? If you have the right room set up, yes. Sometimes I'll say, I'm just going to walk around and watch each of your tableaus.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We're not going to share them today. Or if there's a group Mm -hmm. that really wants to share, you know, so again, you keep it, so that you're not suddenly saying, okay, now we're gonna perform a play in front of the entire mm-hmm.
1: You don't want to blindside city. them, right?
0: <laughs> right. Because I've done that where we've my ESL students have created original theater mm. to perform to the school, which was very powerful, but mm-hmm. I don't that's not what we're talking about.
2: I really do love how Richard caters to all different English proficiency levels with his
1: students. Me too. By the way, listeners, Richard has a webinar on opening and closing routines and differentiation strategies coming up on American English Live on November 16th, 8 a.m. and 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. I'll
2: be sure to join for that. It's, it's on Facebook, right?
1: Mm hmm. We'll share the link in our show notes.
2: So, to wrap up, we asked Richard to
1: suggest some resources for teachers. Richard, so really simply, you know, if you were to recommend a, a jumping off point for a teacher who's eager to integrate drama into ELT but just doesn't know where to start, what would you say?
0: Well, in in the spirit of shameless self-promotion, um, <laughs> my website, we like that. eltdrama.com or Richard richardsilberg.com. Dot .com. And I've documented through video and text many drama activities that I've done. And so I would say find something there that speaks to you. And the other thing I'm thinking of is, I don't know if I said it earlier, but I think of storytelling as the gateway drug to drama. Mm. Uh, and, and thinking about story, and how to, you know, for me, the easiest way is either to read a story or tell a story and have students make tableaus of that story. And uh, there's a wonderful book. What is it called? Tableau Classroom Drama Activities by Rosalind M. Flynn. So the this is actually doesn't, it gives you the whole idea of how to how to create a tableau, and it even talks about what makes a good tableau. Because like everything else, there's messy tableaus, and then there's these really great ones. And students have the, you start dealing with all sorts of language, like levels and active pose versus a passive pose. And one other book I recommend is specific for uh, EL teachers. It's called In Their Own Words, Drama Mm. with Young English Language Learners by Daniel A. Kellen. And it is filled with ideas and detailed description. So those three resources, my website, those two books, I think would get someone started on one thing. But I would just say go physical if you can, if you're willing to.
1: Well... I feel inspired. So much to work with. Mm -hmm. Listeners, we hope Richard has piqued your interest in using drama in the classroom and given you a jumping off point to try it out. And we would love to hear from you.
2: How have you used movement and drama techniques in your classrooms? Or if you end up trying one of Richard's ideas, let us know how it goes for
1: you. Yeah, you can join the conversation on our various social media accounts. Email us via our contact form at teacherthinkaloud.com or comment via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We welcome your reflections, questions, and ideas. And remember, September is our fall
2: donation drive. If you'd like to support us in creating more episodes and resources, you can donate at teacherthinkaloud.com slash support dash us.
1: Thanks so much for joining us on the Teacher Think Aloud podcast. And until next time, happy teaching
2: and happy reflecting.